Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another weekly installment of the DuoSense podcast. As always, my name is Andrew Orozco, and I am your weekly host, joined by the ever-loyal, ever-stalwart, the badger of the high desert, the unnecessary one, always down for the cause, never down for the count, the self-proclaimed lost cause himself, Johnny. Hey, guys. Are you right, Johnny? Why are you crying? Had these uh, drops put in my eye. Oh, it's nothing. I didn't see you put them in. I just see you like. There's a bottle right here. Oh yeah. Okay. I was like, "Why are you crying, Johnny? They got you're so emotional so early." Um. <laughs> so guys, uh, by the way, before we get really started, uh, Johnny and I were both on the new podcast this week. Uh, our cousin Joe's over there, and with a. Uh, his co-host Keenan, uh, we joined them yesterday, so that's why we're recording uh, a day late today because we actually recorded with them yesterday, last night. So uh, check it out. If, uh, we kind of talk about games. We talk about other stuff that we would normally wouldn't talk about on this podcast. John, we kind of like what do we? What were some of the stuff we delved into? Do you remember? We got into some psychedelics, a little bit of God, um, mostly gaming, iRobot right. stuff. Yeah, a little bit of Elon Musk artificial intelligence crypto mm-hmm. a little bit of everything really so if you want to hear us uh listen to us talk about stuff that's not gaming related for once uh check it out at the uh the noob podcast the none of our business podcast that's what it's called uh i'm gonna put a link in the bio up for this episode for this one so you guys can check it out uh and yeah check it out it's already out i believe so go ahead and give it to give it a listen again the information is in the i'm sorry the link is in the information for this episode that you're listening to right now so check if you're on spotify or apple or whatever apple podcast whatever check the bio info for the link to that i'll make sure to throw it in johnny we have five uh news stories for this week well it's more like a week and a half really because there's some stuff that's a little bit older uh we have looks like five or four and then of course we're gonna talk about the games we've been playing this past week since or at least since the last time we recorded and then we'll finish off with pitch so on the first menu on the menu for our first story it comes to us via kotaku the article says new ps5 model replace annoying screw used to attach stand <laughs> that's an oddly worded title it is written by zach zwizen i always mispronounce his name i think it's zach zwizen could be zwizen zwizen so why isn't it sounds cooler? We're going to go with that. Over in Australia, some folks have found new PS5 models being sold in stores. But don't get too excited. These new console revisions aren't adding in bigger hard drives or more powerful hardware. Instead, these new revisions seem to just make a few minor changes, including replacing a single screw. As reported by Australian-based gaming outlet Press Start, these new PS5 models were shipped over to the country last week. Apparently, Press Start believes that Australia is the first country to receive shipments of the new models. These new consoles sport a slightly changed model numbering scheme featuring CFI-11XX. The original launch PS5 consoles use CFI-1XXX. These console models appear to be nearly identical. One small change is a new screw used to attach the PS5 to its stand. Before... This screw could only be tightened or loosened using a tool. Now the small screw has been changed and you can do it all by hand. What a time to be alive. 
Uh, he goes on to the, uh, Zach says, I actually totally understand this small change. Installing the stand on my PS5 was a pain in the ass. Between its odd shape and the screw being finicky to screw in, perhaps this new and improved screw will be a small quality of life improvement. And there's like actually a picture of the screw in the article. Uh, I'm not going to read the rest because he kind of just talks more about that. And it kind of goes off topic talking about sales numbers. And we've already covered that, so we're going to leave that out. Uh, but if you guys want to read the article, the rest of it you can find it on Kotaku. Uh, again, by Zach Zweizen. I hope I'm saying that right. Johnny, this isn't like a big thing, right? I mean, I kind of just threw in this just because like it sounds kind of like clickbaity, sort of like new PS5 model. It's kind of news because it isn't. It's like, so what? They changed the fucking screw. They It's probably cheaper to make the PlayStation, right? Just slightly. And then it's easier for people to swap it out. I think that's what it is. And it makes it easier to kind of. Uh... Yeah, but there are like so many fucking complaints about this. Yeah, about PS5 owners not having screwdrivers. Yeah, they were saying this is like a huge win for fucking Xbox. No, you're talking about the thing, the screw for putting in the the expansion. Is that a different thing? That's a different part. This is for the stand. This is for the PS5 to stand on its side. It's because like people were complaining about like the base, the the base little stand thing to make it like the Mm -hmm. PS5 stand up that you had to like kind of screw it in to keep it like stable. Mm -hmm. You're talking about this is kind of a good joke sort of what's going on right now with PS5 is that. uh, I guess Xbox Series X has an easier way to put in the extended, was it the expanded memory thing? The little. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. What's it called? Do you remember the name or no? There's like an acronym for it. But, anyways, the same thing to do it on the PS5 requires you to remove one of the face plates. You gotta mm-hmm. unscrew something. And then you have to screw in like the expansion. It was like a, it's like a, what is it, like a DDR or something, right? That's like what it is, or. It's not a. SSD, is that what you're talking about? It's like a small strip, like it looks like a like a like a we call it like a circuit board kind of thing. And you put it, you have to like screw it in with uh, with screws, and then you put the faceplate back on. Anyways, there's a, this running joke that it's too complicated to do. Yeah, but this is something you're gonna do probably like one time in the lifetime of your console. Right, right. But on Xbox, it's very easy where you just like lift something and like you just like slot it, like slide it in. So, anyways, that's kind of a running joke going on with the PS5 models. Again, like Johnny said, this isn't really news. This is more kind of just like tongue-in-cheek kind of news where it's kind of like, oh, by the way, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's no significant changes other than just like, oh, the screw comes out now. You have to put it in. And that's it. So we just threw that in there because it sounds a little clickbaity and because we can put it in the title for the episode and make it sound interesting. But uh, you guys are <laughs> – now you know you know what we're up to. The jig is up. So we're going to move on to a slightly meatier uh, story. That's meteor like more meat, not meteor like uh, uh, asteroid. Yeah, good thing you explained that. Because I saw you look like what? Yeah, yeah, meteor, meteor, beefier, beefier. Thank you, Johnny. Beefier. Uh, what was what was the word I said last time? Remember, it was a uh, girthy, <laughs> <laughs> girthy. All right. Uh, so we go to the Verge for this one. The Verge uh, article was written by Andrew Webster, a name that I can half relate to. Call of Duty Vanguard brings the series back to World War II in November. Uh, uh, let's see. So it says, As expected, Sledgehammer Games officially announced the next Call of Duty with the reveal of Vanguard, which will be launching in November. The new shooter is set during World War II and will feature a historically inspired single-player campaign, along with a multiplayer mode and in integration with Call of Duty Zombies and Warzone. The announcement comes as Sledgehammer's parent company, Activision Blizzard, and a particular Overwatch developer, Blizzard, 
have has come under fire for a culture of sexual harassment spurred by a lawsuit filed by the state of California. Since then, employees have staged a walkout, and multiple high-profile developers at Blizzard have left the studio, including President Jay Allenbrack. During a meeting with press last week, Sledgehammer studio head Aaron Hallen opened with a statement regarding the situation. The stories and the pain that have been shared are simply devastating. We love making games. It's what we do. It's our life's work, and we love it. But more importantly, we are humans. We're here for each other, working side by side, and looking out for one another in good times and in bad. So on behalf of Sledgehammer Games and all of the team supporting Call of Duty Vanguard, harassment of any kind goes against everything we stand for as a studio. Everyone, regardless of their title, role, gender, orientation, or ethnicity deserves to be treated with dignity, respect, and equality. While we can't comment on the lawsuit, what I can say is that a team we are com- as a team, we are committed to making sure all team members feel safe, welcome, and respected. So please know that these thoughts and actions are at the top of our minds and will be going forward. They speak to the core values of who we are and who we wish to be. As for the game itself, which is like, you know, the core of the article, uh, Vanguard is its single player campaign, which focuses on the origin of the special forces and will be told from multiple points of view. In addition to the Sledgehammer narrative team, sci-fi writer Tochi Onyebuchi is also working on the story. Sledgehammer says the narrative will cover the untold stories of multinational heroes that formed Task Force 1, changing the face of history and setting the stage for special forces as we know it. This sounds kind of cool. I like this. It's like a precursor to like the modern special forces. It'll feature a cast of characters inspired by real-world personalities, like Lieutenant Polina Petrova, based on Soviet sniper Ludmila Pavlichenko, also known as Lady Death. Outside of the campaign, there will be multiplayer with 20 maps at launch. That is pretty girthy, Johnny, first of all, because I think the last Call of Duty only launched with like 10 or 12. So them doing 20 like at launch, like not like hiding some of it behind DLC, that's pretty that's pretty like progressive for them. Uh, back to the article. And game modes including Champion Hill, where players duel solo or in squads of two or three. There will also be a zombies mode developed by Black Ops Studio Treyarch, which will connect with the previous undead story from the Black Ops Cold War. So like every Call of Duty they've been doing lately, like the modes or like the stories from the previous games, like Warzone, like it will like update to reflect like the next Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. So like Warzone launched with Modern Warfare. And then when we got to uh, Black Ops Cold War last year, like Warzone changed to reflect like, okay, we're in the 80s now. It's just like how Cold War is. So I'm imagine, I imagine Warzone will again change and reflect the changes for the next Call of Duty game. Because Warzone is its own separate like thing you can download separately from Call of Duty. Yeah. So uh, back to the article. At the same time, Raven Software is leading development on a Vanguard map for the Battle Royale spinoff Warzone. When the new map launches later this year, it'll be accompanied by a new anti-cheat system, according to Activision. The company describes the crossover as an all-new metaverse connecting Vanguard, Black Ops Cold War, and Modern Warfare. Call of Duty Vanguard is launching on November 5th and will be coming to the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X slash S, and PC. Uh, it is, okay, kind of ends right there. Uh, one of the cool things I learned about this later on that's not mentioned here in the Verge article is that the campaign, the campaign takes place like immediately after the end of World War II. 
Mm-hmm. And it's about like this special forces group that's like made of like a there's like a Russian no yeah there's a Russian an American a British soldier and an Australian that's like four people in the squad, and what they're basically doing is they're hunting down the successor of Hitler. So it's not like Hitler's already dead. It's yeah, the yeah. end of the war, but like the Nazis supposedly there's like a backup like Hitler Mark II kind of thing. <laughs> so that's like what the actual story is. That all, is. is that all they're giving you for the plot? They're not specifying like how this came to be well apparently in real life hitler did have like a successor but he like immediately surrendered once he found out hitler died mm-hmm. so like nothing really transpired there this is like an alternative history kind of yeah, thing this sounds like a really cool story yeah i'm interested in this i like the idea of playing like the, the different characters uh we, obviously because it's like an audio podcast you can't see it but if you look at if you go watch the trailer like you get to see the characters are talking about and like this female like russian sniper she's like super dope i like her design so I'm look. I'm kind of excited about that, and I like how they do mention kind of like the, like yeah, we're talking about Call of Duty, but like we're not like we didn't just forget like what happened a few weeks ago with the whole like Blizzard, Activision like lawsuit and stuff. So, uh, and then the fact they mentioned at the end that they're integrating like Modern Warfare, Cold War, and Vanguard as like one continuous like timeline for like Warzone is like really that's really cool because that that eliminates the need to launch like a battle royale every single year. Instead, you just keep updating the one game. To reflect the changes of like that year's Call of Duty, so yeah, I wonder when they update the engine for that though. Uh, oh, okay, so it's not mentioned. I'm glad you asked that. It's not mentioned in this article, but I in a different podcast that I can't remember. Oh, okay, it was the Easy Allies podcast. I remember now. Vanguard is going to be using the same engine that Modern Warfare used, which is much better than the Cold War one that we have right now. Mm-hmm. Modern Warfare looks if you comp- if you put like a cutscene from Modern Warfare next to a cutscene from Cold War. You can tell the difference where like Modern Warfare looks much sharper, much higher resolution. For some reason, the Black Ops series of games always look a little more muddy. I don't know if Treyarch has like they patent this like ugly, muddy kind of moldy look, whereas like Activision, like proper uh, proper Activision. I'm sorry, uh, what used to be Infinity Ward, now it's I think Raven and Sledgehammer. They have like a much much more like higher fidelity look for Call of Duty. So I, yeah, um, I haven't noticed that. Yeah, I mean, unless you've been playing the, the series since, like, the early 2000s, it's hard to notice, but it's every time it's a Treyarch Call of Duty game, because there's, like, three major teams that kind of, like, cycle every year, mm-hmm. the Treyarch, the, the Black Ops ones, that's, the, that's, like, the one they handle, the Black Ops games always, like, feel and look a little, like, less, I guess, worse than the Modern Warfare ones, the Treyarch, I mean, the Infinity Ward slash Raven slash Sledgehammer ones. I don't know why. That's just like a style they commit to, and it's just ugh, I, I hate it. But this sounds good. Uh, it feels a little early to go back to World War Two again because we just had a Call of Duty, literally called World War Two, back in two thousand eighteen or two thousand seventeen. I forget which year, but it's like not that long ago. But yeah, I guess but there's always a divide. Like you guys are always having that argument: should we go super future? Should we go World War Two? Do we go to Vietnam? Well, we kind of did, yeah, we kind of did that with Cold War this year, uh, or this last year, I should yeah, say. But they have so many games; it's always like we already did. Yeah, this. I was talking to that about. I was talking about that with our cousin Brian, where I'm saying like, well, it's not like you have many options. These are far future, World War Two or modern somewhere in the middle. So like, you only have like three real settings. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm happy that we're getting Battlefield 2042 this year, because if I want like slightly futuristic, you have Battlefield. If I want like historic reenactment, we have Call of Duty now. So. I know some people are probably just going to buy one or the other. 
I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll probably end up getting both because I really like I really like Battlefield. I really like Call of Duty. They're two different complete styles of game. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty is much more arcadey, faster. Yep. Twitch. Twitch shooter. Battlefield's more calculating, larger maps, more kind of like you have roles, like class, character classes kind of stuff. It's much more geared to like the more like long term conflict. So, anyways, uh, Johnny, do you have any input on Call of Duty? You don't. You you weren't not I huge. Like, I just like playing the campaigns for Call of Duty. And this campaign, this brief like summary of the campaign, does it do it for you? Are you interested? Yeah, the story is fascinating. But did you fit? You almost finished Cold War's campaign, right? Uh, I, I can't believe I didn't finish it. Yeah, like you, you told me where you were. And I was like, Johnny, you were like one mission away from the ending. Yeah. Did you, but I think I revealed to you like the big twist, anyways, right? Yeah, I just told you to spoil it for me. Yeah. So. Ah, it would have been better if you just discovered it on your own, but. Anyways, I'm excited for Call of Duty. Uh, there's people, you know, there's people who work on the games who are not like involved in the scandal, and like they shouldn't have to suffer just because there's like a scandal going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know there's some outlet media outlets who are like refusing to cover like Activision Blizzard games like at all. And then, silly. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna knock them for doing that, but I understand like it's like taking like a stand. But at the same time, I understand those who do continue to. I understand people who. Or outlets that continue to cover because not everybody's like it's kind of like a like a team project. Like, are you gonna screw over everybody over one person? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, there's a lot of mouths this game is feeding. That then again, Call of Duty is probably gonna sell like bonkers every year anyway, so it doesn't matter if people cover it or not. So it's more like a moral stand than an actual fiscal one. So, anyways, let's move on to our next story, Johnny. This comes to us from Polygon, written by Cass. Marshall Cass, I hope I'm saying that right. Cass Marshall, Skyrim gets another new edition this time with fishing. Bethesda announced a new edition of the fantasy RPG The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim on Thursday during QuakeCon at Home 2021. Skyrim is about to turn 10 years old, which is a very momentous anniversary indeed, and the new anniversary edition will have some nice bonuses for players. Skyrim's Anniversary Edition will be available for players on the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Windows PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. The Anniversary Edition contains the full game, all enhancements from the Special Edition, and the Dawnguard, Hearthfire, and Dragonborn expansions. The game comes with a free next-gen console upgrade, thank god, because it's overdue for one, over 500 creation club elements like quests, dungeons, bosses, and weapons. Also, there's fishing now, which is great. You could argue that Skyrim didn't need a fishing pole, but it's always nice to have a fishing minigame, and the elements from popular mods will likely round the experience out as well. It's a common joke that Skyrim will never die, especially because Bethesda continues to re-release and port the game. The base game can run on less powerful platforms like the Nintendo Switch, And in 2018, Bethesda debuted a joke announcement for Skyrim Very Special Edition, which is an actual playable game on the iPhone, iPad, and Amazon Echo, Johnny. You can play the game over a speaker. Did you know that? What do you mean a speaker? Yeah, it's Amazon Echo. Kind of like how you have your your Google. Oh, that's interesting. Amazon has their own version. But there's a playable version of Skyrim on the Amazon Echo. It's all voice commands, though. So it's kind of like a radio drama kind of thing. Mm. It says, uh, uh, a- oh yeah, on the Amazon Echo, as long as you can figure out the voice commands. 
The Elder Scrolls 6 remains elusive, but fans will be able to tuck into Skyrim once again and enjoy all of their old quests as well as a new spin thanks to fishing. Um, so real quick, because I think some of you people don't know what it is. They said that the game comes with the over 500 Creation Club elements like quests, dungeons, bosses, and weapons. So Creation Club is a thing that Bethesda does for Fallout 4 and Skyrim where users people can make like their own mods in game and like add them to like kind of like a free library to download so like you can add like right here mentions you can add new quests like their user made quests dungeons bosses and weapons so you can use in-game assets to create like new content like storylines and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's the base game upgraded to like you know current gen uh graphics they're not like fetch missions though no, I've played a few on Fallout. I haven't played any on Skyrim, but I've played a few on Fallout 4. And, like, some of the user-made stuff is kind of creative where people come up with, like... Yeah, some of them are, like, fetch quests, but some of them have, like, a multi-tiered kind of, like... Uh, I remember I played one where you were spo- you were kind of doing, like, a whodunit kind of thing where you had to, like, interview different people and get different perspectives. And then you had to, like, accuse somebody of, like, who actually did the thing. And then you can actually, like, fail the quest if you, like, choose wrong. Hmm. So somebody got really creative with that one. That was a, that was a user made quest for Fallout. So they're adding 500 pieces. So that's like that includes quests, dungeons, bosses, and like weapons. So that's kind of cool. Um, having 500 of like different things, it kind of adds life again to Skyrim. And like, yeah, it's a joke that Skyrim has been poured on everything. I own Skyrim on four different platforms, Johnny. Why? Cause I love Skyrim. Why? <laughs> I have it on PS3. Cause I was, I was the about first. To ask who's buying this shit for them to keep making it. I'm buying it. I'm buying it, Johnny. I have Skyrim on PS3 because that's like uh, the first one that came out. Yeah. Then I got it on PS4 so I can get that with new trophies. Then I got the VR version because the VR version does play differently. Mm-hmm. And then I have it on Switch because I love Skyrim so much. I want to play it on the go. I think I tried it. I probably tried it on your console when you first got it or something, and I made it like some reptilian. Yeah, Argonians. That's a reptile class. Yeah, race. I made that, and then I played maybe another half hour, and I just left it. You know, you can play in third person too. I think that's what I was doing. Oh, okay. Because you don't have to play in first. You have both options. Although third person feels a little like clunkier. Yeah, but when it came out, it already felt dated. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah, I I was gonna say aesthetically. I was gonna say no. I was gonna say noted, but like no, that's not what. I'm but it's with the game. I'm so used to like. Like old ass mechanics and like shitty ass textures. The Fallout engine is super old, Johnny. Like it's like a modified version of like an old like first gen Xbox engine. Like it's it's they just keep updating the same engine. It's shameful. Hopefully they start like fresh, especially now that they're owned by Microsoft. They should be starting with a new engine, fresh. So we'll see. And that's interesting too, because now that's that's Skyrim is Bethesda, Bethesda is owned by Xbox, like. It's not coming out just on Xbox. It's also coming out on PlayStation. So that's kind of a little cross, a little cross play there. Johnny's kind of shaking his head like it doesn't matter, but okay. <laughs> I'm gonna buy it again because I'm always excited Why? to play Skyrim. Because I love Skyrim, Johnny. Okay. I don't care. I don't care. It's updated. They're updating the graphics, new trophies, new content. So they're updating the graphics from PS3 to almost PS4. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> something like that all right let's get on to our next story johnny uh i appreciate that laugh uh this next article comes to us from kotaku again this time by ian walker 
someone whose name I can pronounce perfectly. Among Us devs aren't feeling Fortnite's new imposters mode. And it appears like the article has been updated since then. Epic Games added a new game mode to Fortnite today. Well, a couple days ago because it's article is old. That it sounds suspiciously like indie hit Among Us. Right down to the terminology used for its antagonist. Which are imposters. Imposters pits a maximum of 10 Fortnite players against one another as they attempt to figure out who among them are out to sabotage the rest of the group. Normal competitors, known as agents, work to complete a series of tasks across a large map, while the titular imposters do whatever they can to hinder the group's progress, up to and including killing other players. But agents aren't without their own set of tools. Periodically, they'll be able to vote out players they believe to be imposters, adding a layer of social engineering to the process. Complete all your assignments or eject the two imposters and you win. Of course, Among Us wasn't the first game of its kind. It's basically a reworked version of the party game Mafia, which Johnny actually mentioned like yesterday. Also known as Werewolf. I have never heard it as that name, Werewolf. I thought this was all Secret Hitler. Yeah, Secret Hitler is how I know it, but Mafia is true. That said, some have rightfully argued... Okay, so Kotaku's taking a stance... Some have rightfully argued that Epic Games wouldn't have been interested in adding such a mode for to Fortnite without Among Us's Among Us's breakout popularity over the last couple of years. So what? Like no shit, <laughs> right? And the folks at Among Us developer Inner Sloth seem to agree. It would have been really, really cool to collab, wrote Inner Sloth director Victoria Tran after sh- shortly after the Fortnite reveal went live. Quote. Like game mechanics, fine. Those shouldn't be gatekept. But at the very least, even different themes or terminology makes things more interesting. End quote. Adriel Wallach, lead Unity programmer at Intersloth, also didn't mention Fortnite by name, but shared a comic about the art theft that often occurs online. Every quote, everything in the world was already feeling insurmountable. So this was just another fun reminder of how tiny we all really are. Wallach added in a follow-up tweet. Fortnite has long been criticized for its crass amalgamation of popular culture, which in the past often materialized in the lifting of dance moves without crediting their original creators. Do you remember that, Johnny? Like a long time ago? There was like artists, music artists who like... Yeah, I do recall. They had like certain dance moves that weren't like the floss and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Epic Games continued legal battle against Apple, which CEO Tim Sweeney has both likened to the fight for civil rights... And described as a fight for the basic freedoms of all developers. Only makes the new Fortnite mode similarity to Among Us that much more ironic. <laughs> Update. Uh, co-founder of Inner Sloth, Marcus Bromander. That's a cool name, Bromander. Like, it's so, a gamer name. That sounds like a, his, market, his name is Marcus Bromander. Like, Bromander's last Bromander. name. Has since tweeted about the situation. We didn't patent the Among Us mechanics. I don't think that leads to a healthy game industry. Is it really that hard to put 10% more effort into putting your own spin on it, though? Another Inner Sloth developer, Gary Porter, tweeted out the extraordinary similarity between a map used by Among Us and that now appearing in Fortnite's new mode. And, like, I can't really describe it, but if you look at both pictures of, like, the maps, like, they're almost identical. Uh, he adds, It's okay, though. They flipped electrical and medbay and connected security to the cafeteria. So he's, like, impl- talking about the actual differences in the layout. Uh, oh, that's the end of the article, actually. 
I try not to read the whole article, but I did this time because it's interesting. Uh, so check out the whole article if you guys want at Kotaku. Johnny. Uh, okay, where do we begin here? Have you, you, you're an avid Fortnite player. Have you played this imposter mode yet or not? Yeah, it kind of sucks. Really? I heard people say like this actually does it better than Among Us does. Yeah, I think that's true. But I don't like the, the concept of imposters or secret Hitler anyways. Oh, okay. So you just don't like it because you just don't like the game. Yeah, it's like if you don't like chess, you're not really going to like any version of it, you know? Fair, fair. Uh, did you play with like friends or just like randos? Uh, yeah, I played with a friend once and then just randos. In the game it's just... a lot better with friends. So it just like didn't click with you or... Because you had to be like good at lying, right? Nah, it's, it's a lot of guessing. Mm. It's a ton of guessing. Unless you're with friends, you can follow whoever you think the imposter is. Um... And then, I, and then towards the end, you have a bunch of emotes. So you can, like, point, you can laugh. You can oh, laugh. so that's how you communicate. Yeah. Oh, okay. So towards the end of the... Is that like if not everybody has, like, voice communication or what? Uh, yeah, well, if you're, if you're with your friends, you're going to be chatting with your with your friends. And right. you're going to get a better vote. But if you don't, everybody can emote and, like, point at the person that, that they think killed you yeah. or whatever. But there's nothing interesting about the just the base concept of the game. Okay. What do you think about this though? About like how um, I mean, Fortnite is kind of like it's kind of become like a toy box in a sense where like you have like Marvel, DC, that's Ali- cool, Hate Master Chief, Kratos, like you have like all this stuff where it's just like it doesn't really have like even its original battle royale mode was like lifted straight from like PUBG basically. Like they're not the first ones to do battle royale. Yeah, but it does have its own story. True. It's, there is like seasons, stories, and changes and stuff like mm-hmm. that that are unique to yes. Fortnite. But what do you think about like the kind of like um, just the adoption of like whatever's hip at that moment? Like I remember when Mandalorian came out, and then like okay, now you have like you know Jin and Grogu in the game, and it's like like it feels like they're kind of just like no, there's nothing wrong. I mean, it's not like illegal. Obviously, I don't even think it would be really immoral. But how do you feel about how they're kind of just like the latest cash like trend like just cash grab like in this case where they kind of stole among us's thunder so to speak they stole their thunder they didn't steal their concept well they did steal the concept that's what the game is that the mode yeah but the original game is not theirs right they so... don't have like the little like imposter the little short yeah, it characters doesn't feel immoral to me but do you think like it's fair criticism to say they kind of just lift whatever's popular and just kind of like run with it yeah which is something Fortnite has always done, and I think that's why it's it's a it's not a great game. I don't think Fortnite is a great game. I don't think the the combat the combat is cool, but it feels like it's running on a on an old engine. You know, like you don't have a, a cool cover system and it's not very fluid. But right, well, because it didn't it didn't start its life as a battle royale. It started off as the was it the player the save the, save world. the world mode, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a tower defense game. Yeah, but the fact that you that it's that Fortnite is kind of so vanilla that you can just add a bunch of random characters to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really cool. I think it's dope. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's kind of like another version of like Smash Brothers where you have like different characters from different universes. Except it goes even beyond that because you have like LeBron and Ripley from Alien. And yeah, like... that's something I think about when there's like an announcement for a new Battle Royale. I'm like, how are they going to put fucking skins in this? Because you have to stick a lot closer to the universe. Like a... Battle Royale for uh, The Last of Us. Like, how much... Like, you're not going to fucking have, like, Ariana Grande in that shit, right? Like, Fortnite does. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're 
you might get like a clown costume, but it's gonna be it's gonna conform to everything that's The Last of Us. Like it's right. probably gonna, gonna look raggedy and all that shit, right? Well, even like um like my preferred battle royale is Warzone, right? Mm-hmm. And like, they have like the skins for Rambo, you know, Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. They have a skin for John McClane, which is Bruce Willis. So even then, like you're kind of limited to what you can do within the scope of your universe, if it makes sense. Yeah. Or like in Call of Duty, like Rambo makes perfect sense. John McClane, you know, Yippie Kaye makes sense in Call of Duty. But Fortnite really is like a blank slate. It's like a tabula rasa where you can just put like whatever and it'll stick. It'll, you can have, su- I don't know if you saw, a while back you saw like, uh, not a while back, a week ago, there was like a controversy about like Superman being in the game because now you have depictions of Superman using guns running around to shooting people. <laughs> it's like, it's like really out of character for Superman. Yeah. But like, it is like a playground where you can just kind of like adopt anything that's like, in the zeitgeist at the moment and you just like drop it into Fortnite, and it'll just work right it's just like a blank it's like a playground kind of thing yeah i'm gonna try to make an analogy maybe not the greatest one but what if what if a, a company was very successful and they were making like a bunch of bread right a bunch of pastries a bunch of cakes and this one shop down the street is just making like just flour water salt and whatever else you put in bread but it's fucking plain and then the big company just takes it. Are they really, like, depriving them of something when it when when it wasn't when like the little shop was selling a fuckload of them, right? Right. And then the big shop took. Do you get what I'm saying? Kind of, yeah. They took the one specialty they have and just kind of like, like mass produced it, basically. Yeah, and other companies were already making that plain bread, anyways. Right. Not as many, and probably not as specialized, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's why I'm like, yeah, so what? They stole that idea. It wasn't that great of an idea. Yeah, it was very popular, but really, I'm I'm trying to connect it to like. Uh, well, I think the main issue here is that it's a very lazy knockoff. Like, like the map. If you look at the maps, like, and right now you can't because it's it's facing me. But like the maps are like almost the same. Like the terminology is the same. Imposters. Like they didn't even like try to like, mm-hmm. you know. They speak cute about it and, like, change the names or, like, make him something more Fortnite-y. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, just very, I, like, a lazy, like, cash grab. And it's like, well, shoot. Like, you're doing the exact same thing as the original people, but, like, not even with, like, any kind of, like, originality. Yeah, but I feel like that's because it's not Fortnite's bread and butter. It's just, like, we're just going to throw in a mode on top of the other dozen modes that we have, right? Mm-hmm. It's just another King of the Hill. It's just another Capture the Flag. It's just, like, it's not... It's not, it's just not fucking major to me. It's not like a, it isn't like specialized or anything. No, it's, it's not like a crazy new uh, gameplay mechanic, none of that. Well, I think it is lazy. Uh, lazy for sure, I can agree with that. Yeah, I feel, I, I kind of, I, initially when I first read this, I felt bad for the Among Us developers for Inner Sloth. But then, like, talking to you, I remember you mentioned, like, oh, this is just, like, Secret Hitler. Like, it's not a unique idea, right? Mm-hmm. But it is, I think because Among Us has had, like, a stellar, like, sort. Like, it's just, like, it came out, like, two years ago and, like, and, like no one paid attention. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just, like, caught fire and just exploded. I was going to mention that because of Corona, right? I or, guess that could be a factor, yeah. Yeah, Corona and what was, like, the, what was the other game in Nintendo? The little farm thing. Oh, Animal Crossing. Yes. Was that? It was. Did you play Animal Crossing? No, that's not, Animal Crossing has never really been for me. But 
Right. It's, it's just... like one of the highest selling Nintendo Switch games right now, like the top two for sure. But yeah, a lot of people I know played Animal Crossing because like that was the thing to play during at the start of the quarantine. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying. Uh, again, to reiterate, it is lazy, but I don't think you can, there's no like moral standpoint. I think where you can say like uh, it's not like a it's not like the concept of Among Us is original itself. It's only we only feel that way. It's original because of like it, of its massive like soaring like popularity kind of thing. Yeah. So how do you, how do you feel about um? You remember when Gears of War came out and it had like one of the most unique and fluid uh, cover systems mm-hmm. and then everybody started copying that? Right. Do you feel bad for Gears of War? No, or... no, because it's not like they took out like the flood. It's not like they took out like the locusts and they took out the chainsaw guns and like they took out the car- like it wasn't a cover system by itself does not make a game. You know what I mean? They had one of the best ones. Right. Like by far when right. it came out. Right. It's kind of like how... Um... I'm trying like to the think. Sticky mechanic. Yeah, yeah. You automatically go to cover like that, and like you like pressed against it, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's another example I thought of where a game popularized a certain mechanic, and then you started seeing it everywhere. It's not battle royale. It's not cover system. It's um, shoot, I can't remember right now. Is it like a a game type or something? A something they got ad- adopted. Into, it's like kind of like how. In the mid two thousands, a lot of games started adding like RPG mechanics to their games that were not RPGs. So like skill trees and like stats and stuff. Okay. And that's the thing that's like a, that was always like an RPG thing specifically. Maybe Mass Effect. But now like right. every game has RPG mechanics, and it's kind of like well, you know, you kind of just lifted it off. Like okay, for example, like every game that you play now that's like an actiony game has a skill tree, like a skill tree. Mm. Now it's kind of like a generic thing. I don't know if that was an RPG thing. Yeah, but skill trees come from like Dungeons and Dragons kind of stuff. Okay. And then it becomes more popular. It gets spread into other games where like God of War has skill trees. Uh, uh, for, uh, Jedi Fallen Order has a skill tree. Like everything has a skill tree because you have to like make the combat, you know, good. You can't just stay static and boring, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an example. But I'm getting way off topic now. Uh, just, 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 like, just to finally reiterate and then move on. I felt bad initially. Then I kind of thought about it. Like art is basically is what you take something and you kind of build on it, right? Mm-hmm. The issue here is they didn't really they took something and didn't really build on it. They kind of just kept it the same. I think we're supposed to feel bad because they're a small company. Thank you. That's what right? it is. That yes. kind of just sums it's it up. It's David and Goliath kind of situation. Yeah, you're right. Me, I just really don't care. You're right. You're right. Like a small inner sloth compared to like Epic. It's like what like why are you gonna like why are you gonna take advantage of this small little studio they like found something niche they can but it's not taking advantage like they sold a fuckload of copies true true but i I know really well i agree with you but i think that's i think i found the emotional reason why i felt that way you Mm kind of pointed it out to me i'm like yes that's what it is yeah because if we think of of another developer if like if they're taking it from from, like like, ea would have been like okay good for you okay whatever yeah you're right you're right that's what it is. It's the nar- it's the narrative that kind of makes it seem that way. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, <laughs> moving on. It's a good way to wrap it up. Yeah, thank you. You kind of like, yeah, you got to like the actual emotional core of the the heart of the story, I guess you could say. Moving on to our last story for today's episode. Uh, waiting for it to load. There we go. Uh, we go to Bloomberg for this one. Uh, written by Jason Schreier, infamous or famous, depending on how you look at it, games journalist. Amazon.com Inc. Oh, sorry. The headline is Amazon drops draconian policy on making games after work hours. 
So Amazon.com Inc. withdrew a set of staff guidelines that claimed ownership rights to video games made by employees after work hours and dictated how they could distribute them, according to a company email reviewed by Bloomberg. The lending policies within Amazon Game Studios had drawn criticism on social media over the last month after a Google engineer posted about them. Some game developers described the rules as draconian. The old policies employees of the games division, meaning at Amazon, who were moonlighting on projects, meaning like they were working, you know, after work was over, they would do stuff, would need to use Amazon products such as Amazon Web Services and sell their games on Amazon digital stores. It also gave the company a royalty-free, worldwide, fully paid-up, perpetual transferable license to intellectual property rights of any games developed by its employees, like regardless if they make it in their free time. Amazon said Thursday it was immediately eliminating the rules. These policies were originally put in place over a decade ago when we had a lot less information and experience than we do today. <laughs> and as a result, the policies were written quite broadly. Mike Frazzini, the Amazon Game Studio boss, wrote in the email to staff. A spokesman for Amazon declined to comment on the email. The games division has struggled practically since its inception in 2012 and can hardly afford another reputational hit. It has never released a successful game, and some current and former employees have placed the blame with Frazzini. Bloomberg reported in January that Frazzini had hired veteran game developers and executives, but largely dismissed or ignored their advice. So that, that was a really short article uh, coming by way of Jay Schreier over at Bloomberg. Uh, Johnny, what do you... What, how can you... Like, I didn't even know this was a thing, and then hearing about this thing is like, how can you own an idea or own work that's not not done during like work hours like well because you signed a contract right which is fucking absurd that they feel like they can get away with it which they do because people are still signing their contracts right it's kind of like well like why are you gonna say no to working for amazon kind of thing you know what i mean yeah i mean that's just that seems like kind of something you would see like that's like indentured servitude kind of that's like work policy for like america during like the 1800s where like there was like no union or no like sounds like some commie shit exactly right like Honestly, we own yeah. your ideas even when you're not at work we own your property we own your Literally. your labor your yes, labor your labor your property your ideas your and then you can all it's not included here i think but i i listened to another uh, podcast mentioned it i think it was also, again easy allies mm -hmm. where like you could if you make games on, like in your free time it has to be with other amazon employees yeah it also has to be developed on amazon products exactly and on amazon store like like you can't it's it's kind of like you're losing freedoms even when you're not at the office or you're working like on your free time like you are restricted in like what you can do like there's some companies that have restrictions on like on like what you can say for example mm -hmm. like um i'm trying to think like for example like i'm not i don't work for a company but for example i did a review recently. I'll talk about it later in the episode. But like, I played a game like weeks before it came out. Uh -huh. uh, the game I, I just put out a review for it. it won't be out till like next week. But uh, like, you cannot talk about the game or like have or like publish anything publicly about the game before a certain time, right? So like, let's call that an embargo date. Yeah. So I couldn't like talk about it or like write something like on Facebook or something about the game before a set time, right? That goes beyond, like, the scope of, like, hours or whatever, right? 
but like to be working at a company and like a lot of, that's what a lot of devs do like they do they like moonlight is a term right like we have like another job like your side hustle basically and to like have terms and limits on what you can do as a side hustle is pretty draconian now this idea isn't anything new because there is um for example if you work for let's say general electric or you work for like honda or any big like industrial like company like patents that you come up with are during your tenure at that company become the patents of that company mm-hmm. for example the person who like developed the seatbelt or whatever like he did it while he worked for like the, an automobile manufacturer so that patent automatically gets transferred to like your company right that's something that's kind of been around that's kind of like slowly been rolling back sort of like people are like some companies are starting to kind of like okay like that's your you came up with it like we pay you for your work but we don't like you know pay you when you're developing ideas outside the realm of work right Mm -hmm. so it's good to see that amazon's dropping that what did you comment what was your comment when i said like oh that's like from a decade ago you're like bullshit or something like that right like do you think they are you think they're only changing it now because the way he phrased it felt like it, it wasn't an apology you know it was like we didn't know better a decade ago it, yeah yeah oh it's fucking stupid yeah uh but that's good though because like this only came up amazon only did this now because of that tweet that went viral about the guy who got offered a job at amazon and then once he read the terms and conditions he's like oh hell no like i'm not doing this yeah but but the way he phrases it is like we didn't know better 10 years ago but what about last week did you know this was a scam right you know? did you yeah. know this was immoral yeah um yeah i'm trying to think i think you said it's like kind of like communism where you own your collective labor even when you're not working that's like yeah draconian uh what was the other word i was thinking of uh not depressing uh almost orwellian in a way kind of generate no not degenerate but no i'm just calling on that it's almost yeah it's kind of like orwellian in nature so anyways glad that they're changing that i wonder if there's other studios though that we don't know they already do that though i imagine that amazon's not the only one right yeah i hope they're just kind of low-key just like damn we gotta get rid of this little section in the contract it's like the next revision like there's like a part missing like oh we don't know what happens just like redacted or like blacked out or something so anyway so that concludes our stories for this week johnny what have you been playing since the last time we recorded i tried out playing um shadow tactics Oh, okay. You actually did play it now. Metric, uh, game. Yeah, you told me it was on sale, right? Yeah, it was. I got it for five bucks. It's like forty bucks right now. Yeah, I was. I, it's not on sale. When you told me that you were getting that game, I was like, yes, because I've been wanting to play this game for so long, but I refused to pay like more than twenty for it. Yeah, because some time ago I played the demo and I had it on my wish list. Oh, uh, so it wasn't just like a random kind of like, oh, like it just grabbed your interest. You have you played it prior to buying it. Yeah, okay. it might be over now, but they have a really good indie sale right now on mm-hmm. the PlayStation Store. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just showed up. It's, one it's of the actually first games I've checked. Up. It actually ends uh, September first. The sale goes on until September first. Okay. Yeah, but but there's a ton of pretty good indies. I just picked up one for the time being because I'm I'm not too heavy on indies. Right. I mean, some of the games that I sent for sale are like you could barely qualify them as indies. Some of them are like actually pretty high production games. I did see that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I purchased the game. I played, uh, maybe an hour. It's a little tough, though, because they got this mechanic where you have, to, I think you have to go out of your way to save. So, in some little sections, you'll, you'll at least I died, like, ten times just trying oh, to get yeah. across the section until I, I learned a little bit more, you know? How forgiving is the game with, like, do you have to, it's like a long time for you to get back in the action again, or? 
Like when you die to like load screen to like loading no, the, the battle. No, the load screen is, is quick. It's just that right now, because I'm still kind of in the tutorial phase. I don't even know if I completed an hour, but oh, okay. it's like uh, you can't really run away from things, right? Like you, you you have a short time once you get spotted. You have to go and hide in a bush or hide in, a, in one of the houses. But they can still find you sometimes because they're patrolling the area. Right. But once you get caught, you have like five people around you. And they're all trying to shoot you or stab you or something, right? So and you can't just take off running. Right. So is it all in real time? Or I, I thought it was like a strat, like tactics, like where it's like turn based. Is it all in real time? Where like you're moving around? Yeah, and it's all real around? time. All the guys are patrolling in real time. Oh. But okay. you're kind of just like maybe sitting in the bush and you throw a rock and you get him close and then you stab him. Uh, it's okay. Not, it's, I don't think it's turn based. It didn't feel like that at all. Okay. Um. Because the word tactics throws me off, and I may think of like a turn based, like XCOM, which yeah. is like turn based. Yeah, it's it's not like XCOM. Okay. Uh, but it is fun from what I've played. The only the only thing I have against the game, which is something I had with like um, Frostpunk. It's just that it's still like uh, 1080p, you know. I just oh, okay. wish the textures were a little uh, beefed up. Well, I think when the game's like isometric like that, you don't have to focus so much on textures and stuff because everything kind of looks the same. Like yeah, above. but I'm like a pixel horror, so. Yeah, that is true. Johnny is. Yeah. So yeah, that that's a fun game. It's definitely worth five bucks. Is there like is is there like a story or you're not there yet? Kind of or it hasn't really like formed it's formed yet. No, no, I'm just kind of st- going through a tutorial phase right now. And there's like different units, right? Because I saw like I think on the I remember I remember reading the back of the box when Do I was at like GameStop. Five units. Yeah, there's like a there's like a samurai, there's like a ninja, there's like an archer, and then like there's like different like roles, right? Yeah, they all have their their own styles. Like the ninja, you can go on rooftops and traverse a little faster, mm-hmm. and then you can get in the bush or from the top of a rooftop, you can go in and just stab them. And you got the samurai. I only have two characters running. You get the samurai, you get close to a bush, and then you pull out your blade. But if you get close enough to like a group, you can take them all out at the same time. Like one swing kind of thing? Yeah. So it's like the objective, is it to eliminate enemies or is it to get to like a certain part of the map? It's both. But oh. more to get to your objective. Oh, okay, so the objective can... changes based on the map or something. So yeah. sometimes, it's, sometimes it's like eliminate everybody, sometimes it's just like get to this place without being spotted or something, right? I think it's uh, I'm inclined to think it's more to just get to the objective but you can leave the enemies behind oh okay okay yeah I wanna I'll, I've yeah I've been I've had my eye on it kind of like passively like for like years now mm-hmm. cause um a game came out I wanna say like two or three years ago 18 I was gonna say 18 yeah and every time I see it it's always like very pricey for like it's age and I'm like I wanna play it but I don't wanna pay more than like 20 for it so it being $5 and, and I could also just share it with your account cause you have it but I don't mind like spending like five bucks on it to be able to play it whenever I want. So yeah. that's perfect for me for me purposely. So I, I when you told me like I want to get Shadow Tactics, I'm like, what? Like, oh I've been wanting to play that game, so I got excited when you mentioned it. So um Yeah, the other one I was gonna get was oh man, I forgot the name. It's a, it actually is more of a tactical game, like XCOM. It's called um <sighs> the the audience will probably get it, but I think you're in Russian or Germany. And you're like a bunch of spies, and it plays out like XCOM, but you have to go into buildings and collect like data, and you have to traverse a bunch of buildings. Hmm. Um, but it's also a turn-based game. I'm trying to think again. Nothing comes to mind, so I don't. I don't know. You have to tell me the name later if you remember it. And so is that the only thing you've been playing? So is it just Shadow Tactics? Yeah, that's really it. What have you been into? Um. Well. Right now, I so I've played a couple of different games. Uh, 
I've played three games in the last week, two of which I completed. Um, I played this game called Doki Doki Literature Club, which is a visual novel slash kind of dating sim, sort of. It's a visual novel where you, you basically just let the story play out like in slides, kind of like a PowerPoint presentation, and the story plays out. And then you, like, you have some limited input in what happens, like... Um, for example, it's like a literature club, so like you have to come up with poems. So like the game will ask you like which words you want to use for like this poem, and then based off of which words you use, like certain characters will like your poem, and then certain characters will not like your poem. And the whoever like likes it the most, it, you kind of progress your romance or your like, your relationship with that character kind of thing. But the game is infamous for being like super like morbidly dark and like like depressing. Cause it looks cutesy on the surface, but there's like actually like a lot, there's like gore and like horror later on where the game's kind of has a cutesy facade to throw you off. Mm-hmm. And then like halfway through the game, like, wait, something's not right here. Like, like the game will like glitch out, but it's on purpose. And then you find out, like, I don't want to give away the story, but it's, it, the game has a warning when you started, like, you know, it's all cutesy. It's like, this game is not for like children and it's not meant for people who are easily disturbed. Like that's like the, that's like the, the warning. I'm like, Oh snap. Like what is going on? And tr- truth be told, I picked up the game because I, it's infamous. Cause it's like one of those like cult classics where people talk about like, Oh, like, like there's a meme culture around it. So like, I wanted to be like, you know, I wanted to know what's, what it's about. Like what's the, like what's the buzz. So I picked that up. I think it was like 10 bucks, which is, more than I probably should pay for a visual novel because there's not that much like interaction. But anyways, I played that. I completed it. it took me about it's about four to five hours on the first playthrough. Uh, subsequent playthroughs go faster because you can skip it. And you can go for like different endings and stuff. It actually has trophies. There's a platinum trophy for it. Yeah. But uh, it requires like a lot of like probability and like chance. I'm like ah, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm probably not gonna go for the platinum. Uh, but the game is pretty accurate about what it says like not for like those who are easily disturbed because there is like there's like i remember like a scene with like someone's hanging there's a there's a scene where someone like literally gets stabbed and it's weird because like it's a cutesy looking game like on the surface but you know they say what's that saying that uh still waters run deep it's kind of like that what does that mean that just because something looks calm on the surface Uh, like you don't you don't see what's all all the way underneath yeah so Another game I've been playing was shown during like the last Nintendo indie showcase thing. It's called a uh, Boyfriend Dungeon, mm-hmm. which is like really it's the name sounds kind of goofy, but uh, so in the game uh, you can play as a you can make your character whatever like you can make it as a guy or a girl or as like a someone without gender uh, non-binary. There you go. I forgot mm-hmm. what it's called. And basically, you romance weapons. And it sounds weird because I could see your face doing like that weird scrunchy thing. But basically, you can romance weapons. Like you find weapons in a dungeon. And like it'll be like a sword. There's like an axe. Uh, my favorite one is a knife because it's like a really cute girl. Mm-hmm. But then like there's like a sword. There's like a, you know what a rapier is, right? Like a. Like a sickle? No, a rapier is like those. Like when you. the For fencing, those like really thin, thin blades. All right. That's like a rapier. Mm-hmm. And it's like a it's a dude. It turns into a guy. I was and, about to ask. So, do you ever get to sit on a weapon? No, right. <laughs> not in weapon form. Hopefully not. No. Right. But like they turn into weapons, and like how good you're like if you like romance the weapon the characters, their stats as a weapon goes up. 
Ah, that's cool. So, like, you go into dungeons and, like, sometimes you'll find, like, a new character or a new weapon. And it's, like, it'll be, like, a wi- a woman or a man or sometimes, like, a non-binary character. Mm-hmm. And, like, your character can, like, romance them regardless of, like, you know, your taste or preferred, like, whatever, right? Um, it's kind of goofy because it's, like, how... It, the game never explains how people turn into weapons or how weapons are people. But some people can turn into weapons. Some people can't. It's, like, a, it's almost like a mutant kind of thing. Like, like X-Men kind of thing. Yeah. But like as you like date progress like you date your different partners and stuff like the stats and like you you unlock new abilities so like you go out on a date it's it's like a it's like a it's like a we call it like a I just said the word earlier not a visual novel a dating simulator date dating simulator mm-hmm. so if you go on a date with like a certain character and like the date goes well like then like your relationship with them gets stronger and like they'll, you unlock like a new ability when they're like a weapon kind of thing. That's cool. It's really fun. It's actually like the. Like you would think, like oh, this is geared more towards dating, but the dungeon mechanics, like the actual like so- like combat, is actually really solid. Like the go- the combat part, like just delving into the dungeon, trying to see how far you can go, like how deep you can go into the dungeon, like on a single run, mm-hmm. is like really exciting. And then like as you fail, like uh, uh, ambulance will come and pick you up and take you home if you fail. And then like you'll like level up, like all like the stats and everything gets like calculated. Like okay, you kill like this many enemies, you got this much money. And like based on that, like then you like level up to the next level or whatever, right? And then the next time you go through the dungeon, it'll be like slightly easier because you leveled up. So it's a dating simulator slash dungeon crawler, which is like a really weird. Con- it's like almost like it sounds like a game we would have came up with like on a pitch, like you and I, if we had to like combine genres. Yeah, because on paper it sounds weird, mm-hmm. but in execution it's actually really fun. I, I'm enjoying it. I have not, I'm not done with it, but what I understand it's like a really short, like six hour game. I put probably about four hours maybe I, there is a story that progresses like in between dungeon runs like there's like cutscenes and stuff mm-hmm. so there's like an overall story that continues with like the characters you meet and like right now there's like a character who's kind of like a stalker and i think i think they're the main antagonist but i don't know yet but it's like a guy who's like super pushy and he's always like uh yeah he's basically a stalker and it's kind of it's interesting because the game makes me think about how whether like you're trans or non-binary or like a woman like to have like a stalker like in that kind of sense is kind of creepy and like i've never thought about that kind of thing so it's interesting i'm not done with it but yeah and then a third game that i played and i did complete uh was for review Uh, i got a review code from the publisher uh neon doctrine the game is called lamentum and Lamentum is basically it's basically Resident Evil one through three and like Silent Hill mixed into all in one. Does it play the same way? It plays so Lamentum is a two D pixel based kind of like where it has like the above camera kind of thing, uh-huh. kind of like what you would have played like on a Super Nintendo kind of style, like that kind of aesthetic. But uh, you're you enter ex- the dungeon, huh? Enter the dungeon. Yeah, kind of has that 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 uh camera angle kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, that's really good. That's pretty much what it looks like in terms of like art style, almost. It's like pixel based. Uh, so you play as this guy named Victor during like the mid nineteenth century, so like in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, you marry your this woman. She comes from like a nice family, a noble family, uh, aristocrat family. She gets like super super sick. You have to find. You can't find anybody who can like cure her or diagnose her. And then you get like a letter from like somebody saying like, hey come to my mansion like i have a cure for your wife or whatever and so you go this is like in the early parts of the game so it's like it's not too spoiler but it's not too spoilery 
So you go to this mansion where like this doctor is like, oh, I know how to like cure your wife, but it's gonna come back at a heavy cost though. He doesn't tell you what the cost is, but he's like, it's gonna come at a heavy cost using like forgotten science and black magic and stuff like that, whatever. And so like your character Victor eventually wakes up in the mansion and like everything has changed, everything's all creepy now. Like the portraits on the walls are all like 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 creatures and like like scary stuff. And um it plays a lot like Silent Hill. Or like Resident Evil where you can you can find ammo. You have like a limited amount of inventory slots. And you have like a chest where you can drop off stuff, pick up stuff, right? Uh, key items take up like those slots. So you have to like, every time you go out from like a safe room, you have to like do like that balance thing where like, okay, are the items I'm carrying, are, those, are they, am I going to need those right now? Right. Yeah, it's a great mechanic. So it's like, okay, I have a lot of ammunition or I have a lot of health items, but oh... I don't know what key items I'm going to need for like the next area or whatever. Right. So you have to like, you do that thing like a Resident Evil where you go back and forth back between your chest and stuff and like, you know, reorganize your items. The save room music is like super dangerously close to sounding like the Resident Evil safe music. Piano orchestra. The, yeah. The dun, dun, dun. yeah. But this one sounds specifically like the Resident Evil three one, which if you've heard, it sounds almost a lot like it. it's like you're you're skirting like the copyright line like barely and so i'm like okay like this game is very obvious about like what its influences are right and it's very similar to like silent hill where using weapons like using firearms is like a luxury you're better off using like melee weapons like a knife or like a pipe or something kind of thing mm-hmm. because you can serve ammo that way and then save your ammo for like the big creatures you come across and stuff uh, a lot of the puzzles are very much like Resident Evil where you kind of have to, it's trial and error. Sometimes like you get clues about like what you need for a certain like dungeon or like certain puzzle. And it's like, oh, like, like, oh, so there's like a certain relief or there's like a whole shape, like another item I have. So I clearly have to put like that item in that slot or something like that. Mm-hmm. It does the thing with Resident Evil, like the early Resident Evil games where like you go into a room and whatever thing you can interact with like sparkles. Okay. Remember Resident Evil 1 through 3 where like well, items... Like a little shine. Like yeah, the little shine. Like you don't see the item immediately, but you go to the shine and then you find out what that item is, right? Uh-huh. It does that same thing where you go into a room and whatever you can interact with is like something that sparkles kind of. Uh-huh. So like you always know... You never feel lost. You have a map. And like I remember there's like a part early on where it does like the Resident Evil thing where like, oh, like I need a key that's shaped like the like the marking on the door kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like remember how the like in Resident Evil Two you have like the the plugs are like the based ball. off the suits of cards. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The the club hard, key, the hard key, ball, spade yeah. key, right? Mm-hmm. In Lamentum, it's kind of like oh, I need like the pyramid key. Oh, I need like the swirl key, like right? stuff like that. Where the marking, anyways, it does a lot of that. It's pretty much like a homage to Resident Evil, like the early PS One era Resident Evil and Silent Hill games. The monsters, like you come across, the enemies become more and more grotesque as you go along. Where it's like, this isn't like science-based, like Resident Evil, where it's like, oh, it's a virus, right? Or like a B.O.W. Like, you come across, like, very, like, Lovecraftian looking, like, crazy, like, eldritch monster stuff. Like, Cthulhu-style, like, I remember there's, like, a woman, and there's, like, an enemy that has, like, two human heads, and it's, like, a snail or something. Like, Mm. it gets really, like, out there, and, like... The sound design is really good. Like you'll hear like, and there's like a certain enemy that sobs and it cries. Like it sounds like a woman crying, and it's like, oh shoot, like I know what's coming up next, like around the corner. So like you prepare for like whatever the what the enemy is. Uh, I love the game. It has a few. It has a few things that aren't like perfect. For example, um, 
something that's like super common in these type of games is you can get like stun locked. Do you know what stun locked is, Johnny? No. So stun locked is like when you can't make an, you can't attack because every time you try to do the attack, the the animation for the attack gets interrupted by an enemy attacking you. So it resets the animation. So like if you're trying to like swing at something and you keep getting interrupted, you can't follow through with your swing, so you get stun locked. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you play a fighting game and they keep like hit bashing you to the point where you can't react because you're just locked in this perpetual like of like taking damage kind of thing. Yeah, it sounds like Monster Hunter. Yeah, I guess Monster Hunter kind of does that too, like but you it's don't not sharpen your blade. You get stuck in there. It bounces yeah. or something. Yeah, but I'm talking about like in a fighting game or like you know when you play it. You know how we play Smash Bros. And you play as Kirby and you just do like. Pop, 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 oh, yeah, and you yeah. can't react until like you move far away enough. Uh-huh. Sometimes that does happen where the enemies will like stun lock you where you can't like react and you end up like losing almost all your health, and that's kind of annoying. As far as I know, there's not a really way a way to get around that. I mean, sometimes it kind of is based on like how you react, but a lot of times it feels like you're just kind of it was just like a bad setup, like bad placement for you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're against the wall and an enemy keeps hitting you, you can't like retreat, you know? Yeah. So stuff like that. Uh, the game isn't very clear when you're supposed to when the item is no longer useful. So you'll pick up a key item, use it, and you're like, "Do I keep using it? Do I still need this?" And so you'll carry an item, and it's like you don't need it anymore but you don't know because the game doesn't tell you like it doesn't resident evil is better at that where it's like you no longer need the crank like do you want to discard the crank like kind of stuff i'm always still hesitant even when it tells me but yeah yeah oh like, oh, like maybe i am gonna need it for something so I really are you fucking lying to me yeah <laughs> so yeah lamentum it's a pretty dope game there's a few errors but um i, I wrote an entire review for it if anybody wants to read it uh, on uh on the site that i volunteer for uh geek news now i uh, i got the review code through through them so uh check it out if you're interested in that it's on pc switch ps4 xbox comes out the 31st of august i had the review code like since like two weeks ago so i just barely i barely finished it because it took me a long time there's multiple endings too where like there's like an ending i got ending b and i saw that it was like at least s a b and c mm-hmm. so Anyways, uh, go check that out if you guys are interested. I don't know what it retails for, but anyways, th- so those are the three games I played, Johnny. Uh, I play a little bit of Warzone because right now they added new guns to the game. I mean, I'm sorry, not Warzone, uh, Cold War, because they added uh, they added a Tech Nine, like you know the famous yeah. '90s SMG, and like the rapper, and they added like uh, some British rifle. So I've been playing. Uh, like at night it's become like a ritual where I'll get on with Brian and some of our friends and we'll play like wars, uh, Cold War for like an hour or two so yeah fully caught up uh, I got the name of the the game I was going to purchase it's called uh, Phantom Doctrine oh I yeah yeah that one's on sale right now too yeah I've heard of this now I yeah it's it's like XCOM it's, it's yeah. turn based and the main story is just you have the CIA and then you have the KGB and it looks like they're trying to uncover this this global conspiracy by something called the Cabal. I've definitely this heard of this fictional game. Yeah. organization. It uh, looks cool for for like a little tiny game. It looks like it's got a ton of detail. Mm-hmm. And the mechanics look good too. Um, a lot of people compare it to XCOM, obviously, but it's just not at that scale. Is that kind of like is it like isometric, like that kind of like uh-huh. camera angle kind of thing? Okay. Yeah, the, the markers on the ground even look the same, little tiny squares. The squares. Yeah, all that. Okay. That sounds cool. I'll have to look into that. All right, Johnny. We've reached the final segment of our show, The Pitch. 
Let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who do not know, the pitch is a segment that Johnny and I do where we take two canisters. Uh, hopefully they're mixed properly this time. And we choose from a theme like uh, underwater, space, Jurassic Park, I don't know, World War II. And mix it with a genre of games, so like first-person shooter, platformer, puzzle, RPG, stuff like that. And come up with an idea for a hopefully original game. So, Johnny, I've got two. You've got two. Hopefully, if we repeat any, like, recent ideas, we'll just, like, shuffle again. Yeah. What you got? I have locations. You got the one for the style? I have Stealth Tactical. That's cool. And we have Finance Tycoon. We haven't done either of those in a while. I don't want to do the tactical. Okay, what do you have? What do you have? Alright, so I got um I got a temple. Vague. Okay. Hospital. Oh we we've never done that. Yeah. And we have South America, but we got that recently. Okay, uh, so I'm down for the hospital one. Are we financing this hospital or are we infiltrating this hospital? I don't wanna infiltrate this. You do? Yeah. This sounds like it would be fun. Yeah. Especially because recently I just went to the hospital yesterday to go see my grandpa. And I kept thinking, like, man, it would be really easy. Like, I wonder how easy it would be to just show up, like, if you were, like, a hitman to, like, finish a job kind of thing. Yeah, you want to go blank or do you want to go more specific? Uh, what do you mean? Yeah, do you want more constraints? No. Well, I mean, I feel like you could. I feel like this is enough. I mean. Okay. All right. Whatever. It's cool. So we could approach this in different ways. Like stealth tactical doesn't necessarily imply like people have to die, right? Because it could be like maybe you're infiltrating the hospital to like dig up dirt on somebody. Maybe you're not there to like execute somebody. Maybe you're there to like maybe you're like a private eye. Maybe and, like hey, like you're hired. Like this, is, I think my husband, the doctor, is like cheating on me. And it's like okay, well, well, I have an idea. I'm just having a hard time trying to make make it okay. So there's, you know how we're having all this drama about like cops and all that and force, uh, excessive force and all that stuff, right? Uh huh. There's a lot of talk about that, and I feel like where there really should be some talk is that there are, and this is probably harder to prove, but there's a lot of nurses and a lot of doctors that actually kill people. You know, like uh-huh. they do it intentionally. And what was his name? Kavorkian or whatever. That uh, one doctor from the '90s. He like assisted people with like who wanted to like commit suicide. I've heard of the name. I, I don't know his, his story, though. Yeah. But well, because in his state, like, assisted suicide was illegal, so. Yeah, but I want I want to tie in. Uh, maybe there's a doctor or a nurse, and there's patients that are dying. They're trying to figure out why. So, the, maybe it The could state be, sends, like, an investigator kind of thing? Yeah, I was thinking FBI, but I don't know if FBI does, like, spine. Well, they do spine, yeah. but I don't know if they do, like, infiltrating type of like, shit. Like, right? through in a van with, like... Like what we call them those things like the listen what do they call them like uh tapped wires what are tapped phones or either? yeah so we can do that we can say it's the FBI they're doing the investigation you can say they have the little van outside just for the aesthetic you know mm-hmm. if you look but they need somebody on the inside yeah on the ground it's just that I don't know who would be in the inside is is it like the CIA thing like how how relevant how important is this guy you know what what kind of damage is he imposing mm-hmm. um so it. I don't want this guy to just necessarily be stuck to one hospital, but he's a guy. 
that has a bunch of you know he's got the name tags he's got the fake IDs he's got, yeah he's got the makeup for his face uh-huh. uh huh so he's going into all these different hospitals and maybe there's there's like a plot because he's trying to go against government officials so mm-hmm. he's not just taking out he, regular he, citizens or he knows that like like he's already he's already on the radar kind of thing like he's suspicious like. Like oh like I like he probably listens to like I don't know police dispatches or something but like he figures like somebody's like out to get him so he probably got, he like has instructions for like the front desk and for like other medical personnel like like unless that person's like here to like you know on official like medical stuff like they're like sick or something like like we're not allowing visitors right now like maybe it's like COVID like how COVID right now like they're only allowing like one visitor per day like to visit family because mm-hmm. you know COVID's like so. Maybe he has it like, you know, let's lock this floor down. I don't want anybody coming in who's not like, you know, official medical personnel. So like maybe like, so like this is how you can approach it. Where like to get past like the front desk, like the like the secretaries, like they ask you like, who are you here to see? And it's like, oh, um, so like maybe you have a chance. Like you get to look at the clipboard, see if there's like a name you can use. Like, oh, I'm here to see so-and-so. And it's like, oh, well, so-and-so already has a visitor for today. Like, oh, crap. So like what's the backup plan? And it's like, okay, I need to steal like credentials from like a hospital employee, like outside the door or something kind of thing. Or like maybe you infiltrate like snake. I have to sneak into like the dirty clothes hamper that's on wheels or something. Phil, this will be really tough, but I feel like you should play both sides of it. You're like the criminal and you kind of get his, he's kind of like a Thanos, right? Like you, it's a backstory where it's like, Oh, I get why he's, why he's doing (laughs) Oh, that's what you mean by Thanos. I kind of get it. You I, was like, I, need, I was like, are we going to be purple or what? No. <laughs> no, you kind of got to sell why he's doing this, right? Um, I don't know. Well, you play as him and maybe you infiltrate and maybe the game starts with him. And he's kind of roaming around the, the hospital trying to figure yeah. things the out. The toughest decisions require the strongest wills. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this guy has a will to kill. The will to kill? Yeah. Are we? Is that the name? Or are we deciding that's the name already? Let's hold that. For okay. <laughs> yeah, let's try to remember that. So you play from his end, and then you also play from the agent's end. So I think the beginning of the game should be maybe a, a ton of stealth, right? Um, like you're like you're like crouching behind the desk because they they can't like look over the desk kind of thing. <laughs> well, I don't want to make it necessarily that, but like if you're talking about uh, like we can say this actually took a place during the pandemic so there's a lot of uh heightened security or yeah like uh more stringent he goes to the hospital and like you said he's like we're shutting this place down and Uh while he's shutting down you can do whatever you want on that floor and maybe you got only like 20 minutes or something right that would make it easier because then like you can like swap out your mask for other masks and it wouldn't be like suspicious because everybody's wearing masks kind of thing Uh so you got like different disguises you can just like switch out through yeah and then and then towards the end once once you start playing with the agent it's when you start getting some action because it's like you're getting closer to the guy and you're like is that is that the motherfucker right and maybe you chase him down maybe you chase him in the hospital and it spills into the street and then there's a car chase <laughs> car chase and then like, he gets away and i thought you were gonna say like I, I thought you were gonna say like he's trying to get away and like he sets up like obstacle like we're like he gets like a like what do you call it like one of those like gurneys pushes out in the hallway to block you and you have to like slide underneath it or jump over it or he gets to the elevator closes it before you get there so you just like take the stairs that'd be cool if we kind of got an angle on multiplayer like you're the criminal and like you know all the secrets of the game 
and then you you play as agents in the multiplayer setting, mm-hmm. but you're kind of playing in, in the criminal's playground, right? But the criminal also has assets that he's super knowledgeable, mm-hmm. so maybe he knows how to make like different formulas. Mm-hmm. He knows how to access a, a chloroform, all that, right? Okay. You can inject agents. There's like nurses. Like nurses that have like scalpels and weapons and stuff. Well, <laughs> or like in I don't know syringes or something. You want to do nurses though? Well, I mean, as I was they work for the doctor. One antagonist and like several protagonists is what I was thinking. Oh, okay, you could do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Interesting. Right. <sighs> Sorry, excuse me. Okay, this this was a little more self-contained because it's. It's not like open world and shit, right? Right. It's like a, a couple hospitals. Maybe it's like a research facility. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's several locations, but I think this game should be maybe a little bit more linear. Okay, yeah. I was thinking like you can even do it like I'm, I'm thinking like I'm taking like inspiration from like Metal Gear Solid where it's like you got to stay out of like the line of sight of like cameras and like yeah. Like, maybe you have, like, a phone or something that, like, allows you to show you, like, what's, like, their, like, cone of vision, right? Uh-huh. And it's, like, okay, like, sneak past, like, the front like, the front desk. So, you, like, crouch underneath the desk so, like, they can't, like, look over and see you. And it's, like, oh, like, the elevator requires a key. And it's, like, oh, shoot, I have to go back. And, like, there's, like, a key behind the counter somewhere. Like, you have to, like, throw a rock to distract, like, the secretary. Like, like different things, like, kind of, like, mix up the gameplay a bit. You know what I mean? I think his... Uh, one of his ultimate objectives, like if if he's taking out uh, like government personnel, one of his objectives is over the course of the story, you see that he's sort of gaining access to more sensitive materials. Uh, like quick hacking the computers, kind of thing. Well, he's getting he, like he's getting better at accessing data uh-huh. and accessing locations, and maybe the final location, his final objective, which you have to stop him, is he wants to release a bioweapon, right? Oh. So he gradually gets to like a level four clearance, but you have to go, you have to go to certain locations to gather the things that, that you need, like mm. to gather like the names that you need and the makeup and right. you, you got to do a bunch of collecting before you get to those clearances, before you fake those clearances. Right. All right. Yeah. Sounds like it work. I imagine like kind of like how Mel Gear Solid, you go into the boxes and like you kind of like sneak around the boxes. You could probably do the same thing where like if you have like uh we call it uh like those like we have like those like campers they move around or, like they have like food carts they have like food carts that they push around mm-hmm. where like the where like it drapes over the side you can't see underneath kind of thing yeah and you can like kind of like sneak in like the food cart will like get you like past the security checkpoint or whatever that'd like. be dope yeah sometimes you gotta hide in a body bag you oh like- <laughs> imagine like you crawl into like an empty one and you kind of just like zip it up and like. Like, oh, this will transport me to, like, where I need to get to, like, for the next thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're a, a patient, you know? You got to get to a certain room, but you're, like, you got to dress up as, like, the cancer patient. Or, or maybe you dress up, like, as a nurse. I mean, you, you, maybe you get, like, intel from, like, patients like, who, like, think, like, you're not, like, you're, like, their nurse or something. And it's, uh-huh. like, it's like hey, has the doctor, like, told you anything recently? Or, like, have you heard anything, like, anything interesting, like, from the, like, the person in the other bed or stuff like that? Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, who... Who knows this data? Mm-hmm. But I think there should also be a gameplay loop like Resident Evil, kind of like the club key. Do you have this key? Do you have this card? Uh-huh. You gotta go back and forth in between the rooms. And instead of zombies, it's kind of like just don't get fucking caught, right? Right. Toward, until the end, towards like maybe you have like a suspicion, smashing. like meter, like if you're not doing things like correctly, kind of like Among Us or like, like a hot meter. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like 
you've been standing around in this area for too long yeah, yeah, you're yeah. drawing attention or like you're in the area where you're not supposed to be and it's like people are like well like what's he doing there kind of stuff yeah and, and it'd be cool if you can kind of do everything in stealth or like if you get too close to a security guard like really really close up and then it's just like that really like sets off the meter kind of thing yeah but also you can do everything in stealth but you can like say if you're um what is it when you do your x-rays x-rays or the yeah, the name for the profession, the guy. Oh, it's an x-ray technician, no? I don't know. But, like, if you're in his room or you're, like, over in the CAT scan area, if the hot meter goes up, you can stay there. But if you stay there, you have to kill him. Oh. So maybe you fucking take a scalpel or whatever. You have to kill him. You kind of you gotta hide the body. And, like, it makes your mission tougher. Or if you stick around to get the data that you know is there, it'll mm-hmm. accelerate the mission. Like, you disguise him as, like, one of the patients and, like, he, like, flat lines or, like... And he, like, draws all the attention or personnel to, like, one oh, area. that'd be good. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. As, like, a distraction kind of thing. Yeah. You can do so, that. So, what about for, like, the actual action towards the end? Because I want to... I wanna you want to, like, ramp up become, like, more physical? Yeah, I, I want to fucking cop uh, police chase in this. In this case, I, I imagine you would just go, like, CQC kind of stuff. Because, like, a, like a brawler or, like... Kind of like in Metal Gear Solid, like where you can, like attack guards, and you do, like you choke them out, the uh, 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 like you like choke them out or whatever. What's or... the formaldehyde? Or yeah, chloroform or chloroform. There we go. Yeah, I can use that to knock people out from behind for like a like a non-lethal takedown kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Yeah, you have different ranges of like stealth to just die and kill. You know. Yeah, you crack their necks out. or something. And it's like it's like you have to use it sparingly though because like it's like like like, you know, like agent like what are you doing you got to stay on the mission like like you can't be like just killing people left and right like well do you think you should be like some kind of agent from like a different country oh i don't know i get uh if it makes sense for the story maybe yeah i don't know we haven't like really agreed on oh the story is like some kind of like the doctor the like, doctor is the head really- doctor is evil right or something like that uh well, it could be like uh, some other agent from a different country, and he just infiltrates gradually, mm. or it's like a high end person that's pulling all these. Yeah, at the at the end, you have to take out Fauci or something. Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that's like that. It doesn't get more high end like doctor than like that. I think the head of like the. It'd be cool if there was like on the news, like you see him there, and he's got his his fucking accent. <laughs> Telling people what to do. I like this idea. This sounds like fun. This sounds like something like we really haven't seen, at least not with the hospital setting. This sounds kind of like Hitman slash Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I wonder if, cause it's I, you know what? I wonder if we can, if if everything at the beginning is like clean, but towards the end, it it, it almost becomes like a fucking horror game. Oh, like you just get blood everywhere. You, you just become unha- unhinged or yeah, something. Yeah. You could do that, I guess. Or yeah. for the sake of the the mission. As long as it serves the story like properly, I guess you could do that. Okay. What are we calling this game, John? Are we going with Wilf to Kill? I, I was thinking a Deadly Medicine, maybe. Or something that's like a hospital pun. What is a hospice? Hospice is where like the people who have like who are like terminally ill go to like live out their last few days and stuff. That's not the same thing as a hospital. I'm trying to fit in like mental like mental hospice. I was trying to think of something like along those lines of like universal healthcare, but it's like universal death or universal health kill. I don't know. Something that's like a pun or a, like a play on words. Like 
I don't know, universal healthcare, deadly medicine. Uh oh, what's that phrase that doctors say? No harm, do no harm, do no harm. That'd be good. You want to talk about right? Whatever that is. That phrase, the uh, it's the is it called the Hippocratic Oath or whatever? The yes. do no harm, do no harm. There you go. It's like do harm or do know how to harm or something like that. It's like a play on words kind of thing. Do, do no harm or do know like I do know like how to harm with a K N O W no, do, comma no harm. Like, I do like that. Right. I don't know if it really fits into this one, but I like that. Or just that do play on words. Do comma no like harm like no like as in knowing not no as in no. But the thing is, do is there no like harm. any film or any game that starts with a do? That's a little weird. I don't think so. Doom. Stately <laughs> no. starts with do. <laughs> What's the first uh, title we came up with? Uh, Will to kill. That was really catchy, dude. Will to you like the alliteration thing going on? Will it, to it kill. It rhymes. It rhymes. It's quick. It rolls off the tongue. Will to kill. Yeah. Okay. We can go. Will, Will to, kill. to kill. And the DLC is called Flatline. Ooh, I like that one. Or like the or the thin blue flatline or something like that. If we're doing like the cop thing, like the agent thing. Flat blue line or blue flat line. I think blue flat line might work because it's like the, the blue, the thin blue line, but it will like flat line, like like a like an EKG monitor. Fat blue line. It's <laughs> like the old beast DLC. <laughs> I like this. Okay. Right, this cool. one more, more. This is like one of the more like fun, creative ideas we've had. I think. So, do you want to do do no harm, or do you want to go with uh, will to kill? Will to kill is easy, dude. Will to kill. The DLC will be called Do No Harm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Who's making this game? Off the bat, I'm thinking this is the first time where I think Kojima actually makes sense, and not just you like you know what this could be a like XCOM style. It could be turn based. Um, I forgot who does XCOM. What are they called, Johnny? You probably know more than I do. Oh, man. I should know. Uh, Fair Axis, I think? Oh, yeah. Fair Axis. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, they do. Yeah, you're right. That's... Okay, Fair Axis Studios can do that. Yeah. That would be under the 2K publisher, it'll right? Be, it'll be yeah. like a dual thing. It'll be turn-based, but also there's, there's turn-based like free Turn-based stills. Yeah, you could do that. Sequences. Yeah, like where you move, and then like if there's anybody else on the same hospital floor, like off-screen, they might move kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's your turn again. You kind of... Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I like that idea. That and along with all the other mechanics we mentioned about like the cameras and the stealth, like this sounds really fun. I like this idea. I wish I this was so. real. Yeah, and it's just it being like a hospital setting. It's like not something you see too often. It's not like played out like a warehouse or something. You know, more like common like that. Because like I imagine like in a off like in a hospital setting, it's like oh like this is like the biohazard zone. Like you can't pass unless you have like a hazmat suit kind of thing. Like because there's part like what, going to see my grandpa yesterday. There's like. There's like sections of the hospital that are like sectioned off because there's like a COVID patient or something. Mm-hmm. And like you're not allowed that. It's like a door. It has like a zipper kind of thing. Like the plastic zipper kind of thing. I think there should be a virus in this game that plays a major part. That's why you got to wear hazmat. That's why things are blocked off. Uh, the Maybe the virus is something very specific that's involving the mechanics of the game. I don't okay. know what that is, but. Okay. I thought it was just, gonna be just like an objective, like end game objective or well, something. Well, yeah, that too. It's okay. a lot of that. So it's a stealth tactical turn-based game turn-based tacticals yeah okay that could play out it sounds like a lot like the shadow tactics game you're playing kind of yeah in a way. with sparse action and just that a hosp- modern hospital setting 
Yes. Will to kill. All right. Firaxis. I feel like I'm missing something. We covered all the major points. Okay, I'm done with it. I like this game. Yeah. Slap it. Going gold. Wrap it up. Slap it. Yep. It went gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've reached the end of our podcast. Uh, for our listeners who have continued to listen to us, uh, I know we have listeners in Brazil, in England, in Germany, uh, some other countries I can't remember right now. But whoever you guys are, you've been listening for the longest time, and I, Johnny and I both really appreciate it. Uh, we've noticed our views are – I mean not our views because it's not – visual our listenership is steadily growing uh so for those of you who just joined for the first time thank you for giving us a shot those of you who are long time listeners thank you for continuing to give us a shot and we yeah we just in generally thank you if you enjoy what we do like let other people know or kind of share it on your socials um give us like a rating or a like whatever metric your podcast uh app of choice uses let us give us some kind of in, some kind of feedback you can also, if you have comments, suggestions, questions, uh, if you want to just talk about, you want us, you want Johnny and I to talk about a specific subject related to gaming, or maybe not related to gaming, maybe it's about us or something. If you got a name for the pitch. If you have a name for a pitch. Better name um, Yeah, like in the past, uh, Ty, oh, one of our listeners gave us like a suggestion for one of ours. Uh, that was the Massacre run, the Massacre yeah, game. Those are good ones. So uh, reach out to us at uh, DuoSense Podcast at yahoo.com. Again, that is DuoSense Podcast at yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter, which is DuoSense P. It's just DuoSense P because I couldn't fit the whole name. Uh, according to our cousin Johnny, though, I should have been able to fit our whole name, but it, I wasn't able to. So you can reach us there if you want to just throw in a comment or question or something. So thank you. Johnny, do you have any closing uh, thoughts for today? Of course he doesn't. He never does. All right. So that's going to be a wrap. Thank you, guys. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye.